This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The quarterback talk is all that the people care about when it comes to your Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason. Read a really interesting piece on ESPN.com that I'm not going to reference any of during this episode, but it got me thinking about free agent quarterbacks that are out there on the market and potential some trade targets that the Steelers might mm. kick around. All of these probably will not come to fruition as a signing or a trade at all, but it's so much fun to speculate, especially in the off-season's early, early stages. But before we get into that, a little news to take care of. The Pittsburgh Steelers have signed a new offensive line coach, welcoming in Carolina Panthers O-line coach Pat Meyer as the new offensive line coach. He will take over the Steelers' young offensive line. Carolina Panthers' offensive line last year, Hmm, not the best, but a lot of the times you got to look at the ingredients that the chef is baking with and... Although the ingredients in the Steelers' cupboard isn't that great, I don't think the ones in Carolina were that much better, to be quite honest with you. Tons of experience at the NFL level for Pat Meyer, starting with the Chicago Bears as the assistant O-line coach in 2013 and 2014. That led to the offensive assistant job in Buffalo from 2015 to 16. That then graduated him to the L.A. Chargers offensive line and run game coordinator from 2017 to 2019. He was in Carolina last year, as we mentioned, and now finds himself in Pittsburgh. From all accounts that I could gather from people that, you know, talk to people that are important, because I don't get the chance to talk to the people that are that important, he's very well respected Mm. in the NFL community and is considered to be an upper-tier offensive line coach. Of course, Steelers Nations aren't satisfied with this, despite it being an outside hire. Right, the one thing they've been asking for all offseason. But it wasn't the right outside hire, because there was all the rumors of Munchak potentially being out there in a reunion with Munchak, and then when Meyer gets hired, it's like, well, we hired from someone uh, else's organization. How do you feel about that? Well, we wanted Mike Munchak. We didn't want you to hire that guy. Hire from outside the organization, but only hire the guys from outside the organization that we want you to hire. But... Oh, well, say lovey. Mike Munchak was never going to happen. Pat Meyer, welcome to Pittsburgh. And I I really don't have many strong opinions about this either way. I don't think that a coaching spot like this one is really easy to analyze how he'll do until we are about 10 weeks into the season mm-hmm. next year and we see how the offensive line has been coming together, if it's growing, if it's getting better, or if it's stagnant and a repeat of 2021 all over again. And, you know, I think the criticism is going to be hard on him no matter what because the guys he's going to have available to him just aren't great. And I, and I don't mean to be critical of these players on the offensive line of the, of the Steelers, but from what we saw out of 2021, we, we know who these guys are. You know, there's not going to be a lot of growth, I don't think, unless some of them make big strides. And when I say big strides... They're going to have to take giant strides <laughs> in order to be somewhat decent. So I think no matter what, even say he does his job well and he does a good job as a coach, but you can, what's, what's the one, what's the, what's the saying? It's like you can only make crap shine so well or something. You can't uh, polish a turd. You can't polish, tur- you can't polish crap, right? You can't, no. And he'll try his best, that's for sure. But I think there's potential there that he can try to polish. Sure, there I are guys. I don't know guys. if these are turds. Like, I think that, they might smell like them now, but as we get closer, 
these might be roses that actually smell like. See, Tom, <laughs> you're you're falling down that same well I know, that we did last year. I mean, yeah, I mean that's what you do as a fan. You want you want to believe in your team, and that's what we did last year. And you can't blame us for doing it again this year. You're gonna look for the positive. I'm sorry, this is not a Steelers below the standard show. I mean, Dan Moore shown flashes last year. He- bullied Miles Garrett for the second game on that Monday night game. He played extremely well against him. You saw flashes from Dotson before the injury. I think Green just might need to have a different position in mind instead of center. Uh, Hassenauer, you know, he's old, so he's not really a future, mm-hmm. but it might be a stabilizing force. And then, and then can you right get the tackle, right guy? Just don't know. But can you get the right guy in the draft, too? Can you get the right couple guys in the draft? Sure, maybe. it doesn't have to you, just, you just be one. You don't know. Maybe but, that... But there you go. I mean, you're talking about maybe drafting multiple rookies again, to throw out multiple rookies for the second year in a row on your offensive line. That's true. Another way you could go about it, though, of course, is through the free agency means, and you can throw a lot of money at an offensive lineman. Steelers did that last year and got Trey Turner. Not the agency. best payout. No. That was a bit of a scramble move, though. David DeCastro retiring sure. really blinds that. Although, he's still, not retired. Still so. weird that DeCastro never played a single down for a team without retiring. And still hasn't retired. And, no. But there's no talk of, hey, Steelers, I want to come back. Would you? Here's a hypothetical. There's would no, you, there's no, you, there's no effort by the Steelers to say, hey, what, just come back. Here I don't think Steelers bit. will reach. It's a, it's a one way street. Now you got to reach yeah. out to us if you want. We're not going to come and beg. What would you, you take him back if he said, I'm, I took a year off. My body feels better. I want to try this one more time. I mean, I let him come. Into mini camp and training camp. <laughs> I just don't see why you wouldn't say yes. I mean, you I mean, can give the guy one of your could he be? one of your ninety spots in training camp, but if he doesn't make the team, he doesn't make the team. It would right? be it would be tough to to invite that kind of a name and pedigree into a camp spot, and then potentially have to be like he's not fifty three man worthy anymore. But the name David DeCastro, the fans David DeCastro. So that's I don't always know. a sticky situation. I think there. now with the offensive line, people are aware that. You, you can't just throw out a guy just to throw out a guy. It has to be the right person. If DeCastro's on it, DeCastro's on it. Tra- and now, and he's taking a year off. So it's not, it is not the same David DeCastro. Unless he comes back and he is the same David DeCastro, then it's great. Trey Turner was a guy. Sure. But not even to the level of DeCastro ever at his career, but he was a guy. And look at what they got out of him this year. Yeah, good point. Just a lot of So you're saying maybe, maybe even... The name alone can get him a a final fifty three. It could, spot. but it's my, like I was kind of agreeing with you that the name alone doesn't always cut it. You can't just throw a name in there. You can't throw a two time Pro Bowler Trey Turner in there and try to look at all the good things he's done and ignore the fact that he's coming off of a bad knee injury and he's on the wrong side of thirty. You know, he, right. he, it's not just a plug and play kind of position. But look at the cash room. A lot of wrong side of thirty and coming off a an off year in the NFL. Coming off of a year where he was off on the field, where he just didn't look That's what I'm saying, just then, off the NFL. Okay, and then off. Out of the NFL. And then completely gone the year after. Um, yeah, there's a lot to kind of sift through when it comes to the Steelers' offensive line, but it's going to be the biggest, outside of the quarterback spot, it's probably going to be the biggest focus in the offseason when you talk about sure. the Steelers. So it's nice to have at least the, the general of this troop kind of put in order here, you know. Pat Meyer is going to be the guy that will be coaching up the offensive line. It's nice to get that uh, opening filled. Now, um, I think that's it, right? That's all they got. Austin's the DC. They got Meyer on the offensive line coach. I'm sure and there's a couple they, here or there that and they got to do. Um, 
What's his name in the secondary? The secondary coach to come in that they'd have to replace Austin right. spot because he got promoted from within. But that's just, you know, minutia. I'm sure there will be a couple other assistants that are brought on that weren't there last year as a assistant quality control, whatever coach. They have a thousand coaches, but looks like the coaching staff Rounding out. got through its changeover. DC shuffle, offensive line shuffle. Other than that, though, it seems like it's going to be pretty much the status quo on the uh, the old staff for Mike Tomlin this year. And I think someone told me, I think Dale or maybe Matt Williamson said, this is the first time in Mike Tomlin's career where his two coordinators are guys that he hired. Mm. Matt Canada and now Terrell Austin. Interesting. So in- So every time, every time before this, the OC and the DC were someone who was already on the team even before Tomlin was there. Or someone who was with the organization at a point. So what you're saying is for the first time in 14 years, this is actually Tomlin's staff. This is Tomlin's staff. first time in 14 years. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, There is one more. Frisman uh, Jackson, the wide receiver coach, replacing... Okay. Replacing... um, Good call. uh, What's his name? Good call, good call on uh, on that one. But yeah, the big one was the DC job, and that was filled by Terrell Austin. Everybody's going to be talking about the offensive line, but the big focus point is going to be that quarterback position. What are the Steelers going to do at the quarterback spot? We did a mock draft. We talked about the quarterbacks in this draft class in an episode we did last week. But there's free agents out there that you can get. I read an article on ESPN talking about spots that these free agent quarterbacks could land that would be perfect fits for them. And the Steelers kept coming up a couple times for a couple of these names. But before we get into the free agents that are available... Some of the big trade targets that are out there, the guys we know are out there on the trade market that you can at least, you know, call up this team and have a conversation about these players. Uh, I left Aaron Rodgers off the list just because although you can call and talk to the Packers about him, I mean, the Steelers team website said the Steelers aren't interested in Aaron Rodgers. Like, Labs came out and wrote there is no interest from the Steelers in Rodgers. And Labs, I that, think, that I tells think, you you I think know. Labs may have one in or maybe two with the, with the team that could yeah, be credible sources. If the team website is telling you yeah. no, it's not going to happen. So there's not going to be any Rodgers. But the team website didn't say anything about Derek Carr or Russell Wilson. And those two guys are some pretty heavy hitters out on the sure. market right now. You just don't know what the capital would be to try to attain them. Looking at Derek Carr to start this exercise off. Okay. I don't know why the Raiders would move on from him. I think Josh McDaniels choosing to go to Vegas was in part the fact that he had a decent quarterback still signed for next year. He's not a free agent until 2023 that he can come in and work with. So I I don't understand from the aspect of the Raiders wanting to part with him. If they do, though, minimum first-round pick, right? I mean, this guy got the team to the playoffs this past season. He was fifth in the NFL as far as passing yards was concerned. He's still got a good five or six years, you'd assume, in his prime if he can stay healthy to contribute to your team. Mm -hmm. I I think any GM worth his weight would be able to at least get a first out of of a team for Carr. I I do think, I think for most quarterbacks, the minimum is going to be, that is asked for, is at least a first round pick. There's a couple on my list here that might be not. I, I, I know, I can think of some guys, but I think guys who can make the playoffs deserve to be a worth a first round pick, right? Yeah. And I think, I think Derek Carr especially just because he's really just 
I mean, constantly been the best player on that team for what? Since he's got the starting job. And once once Gruden decided to trade away Amari Cooper, trade away Khalil Mack, it's been blatantly obvious that the best player on that team is Derek Carr. And when healthy, he's led them to the playoffs. Sure. One the year only he was going to thing... be the MVP. He got hurt late. They were good enough to already be clinched. Didn't affect them. And then this year, healthy all year, gets him into the playoffs. The he only... gets hurt a ton. Uh, he does, which is an issue. If if you're a Steelers fan if you, and you want to see Carr here, I mean, you have to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Given this offensive line as well, he's not going to have – he – you know, I mean, he could, easily, he could easily get hurt again. Yeah. The question is, too, on, on the Vegas side of things, how comfortable are they with moving ahead with just Marcus Mariota? Who they don't because have. Right, He's a free agent. They don't have him right they now. They don't have him signed. So the only guy they have... So, okay, so my mistake, they have zero quarterbacks signed to their team right now. No, Derek Carr. Derek Carr is signed. Yeah, he's not a free agent until 2020. Oh, you're talking about you trades. attention? Or? You're talking about trades. You're right, you're right. So if they were to trade away Carr, they would be left with zero quarterbacks on their on their I don't roster. see them trading away Carr. The only thing that's attractive about him, despite that you'd have to give up a first round, maybe multiple first round picks to get, his cap hit for 2023 is only $19.8 million. It's not cheap, but as far as the stud quarterbacks are concerned, it ain't expensive because looking at Russell Wilson, who's also a popular trade target this offseason for a lot of teams, you're probably going to have to give at least two first-round picks to get the former Super Bowl champion and probable Hall of Famer one day when he's all said and done. But he also hits $37 million against your cap in 2022. Yeah. You got him until 2024, so you'd have two seasons of Russell Wilson. But that's a ton of cap space to give two first-round picks at least for him. And to sacrifice thirty-seven million of your cap, Derek Carr, you can talk to me about as somewhat of a fantasy. I think Russell Wilson is just way too far fetched. Yeah, I think you know, we talked about Russ or uh, Derek Carr being worth one. I think if you're gonna try to get, if you're gonna try to trade for, no matter who you are, if your team is gonna try to trade for Russell Wilson, you better be willing to. You're going to have to pony up for him. Yeah, he's, you're going to have to sell a lot. Yeah, I would say at least two first-round picks at the minimum. Rodgers aside, he's going to be the one that commands the most capital this offseason. Maybe, possibly more, because he's got a couple more years ahead of him than Rodgers does. Got his head on a little straighter, too. I mean, just not, as, not as much of a crackpot off no. the field. There's not the... Uh, off the field distractions. Thoughts of yeah. oh maybe he decides before camp he's going to not play this year and he's going to do Jeopardy again like and then you know, just traded all that for no reason for no reason at all so yeah Russell Wilson's stability might bring some more value to him another name that is for sure being shopped around before I get into the kind of the iffy ones that I'm stretching on Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts have reportedly said they are willing to shop yeah. him around I got a problem for you Indy though what are you left twenty eight million dollar cap hit. For a guy that's signed until 2025, you're going to have to end up giving me a first-round pick, I think, to take on that contract because I just don't know how attractive Carson Wentz is right now, especially when you had a chance to just beat the Jaguars to get into the playoffs and he couldn't do that. So this is a guy that strikes me as someone you could get for a third-round pick, maybe a fourth-round pick, but for $25 million on the cap hit, or excuse me, $28 million on the cap hit, I just don't want any parts of him. Too expensive. If I could get him really cheap, I would maybe experiment on the Carson Wentz. You would have to help the with, Carson Wentz. We thing. Would have to, you would have to contribute to the contract, right? 
the Colts, the Colts would. would have to. Yeah, because I'm just not taking that much of a cap hit for Carson Wentz. And and I don't understand why the Colts want to do that. They're left with Sam Ellinger. Maybe they're trying to hope that a Carson Wentz trade will get them up in the draft to pick a picket or someone like that or someone that they like in this class. I don't know, but just seeing the report out there that they are unhappy with Wentz and want to move on from Carson Wentz doesn't tells me that they have somewhat of a plan. Maybe they're in the Rodgers sweeps. Or 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 two, it could tell you that maybe Carson Wentz isn't worth having on your team. Yeah, he just sucks, which I think that's very, very much on the table. All right, here's a couple of far-fetched things that are kind of my own mind's eye, and it really might not come to fruition, but playing the hypothetical game before we get into the free agents out there. I'm really sorry, Tom, but back to the Carson Wentz thing, the Colts don't own a first-round pick. They traded away so that first-round pick. they grab a first-round pick back. To the Eagles, right. That's the thing. But you're not going to get a first-round pick. I don't think so. If the Giants take a quarterback, if the Washington Commanders take a quarterback, Taylor Heineke or Daniel Jones now, I think, would become on the trading block. Do you really want either of those guys on your team? If I could get Daniel Jones or Taylor Heineke for a third or a fourth-round pick, Jones' hit is $8 million and he signed until 2024. I would be less inclined to get Jones. Heineke's two point eight million, and he signed until two twenty twenty three. Fifth round pick, sixth round pick, flyer to the Commanders. Heineke come in and try to compete with your old teammate Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. I think I would do that if I had to. But if you're asking me what I would do for either of these guys, it would be I don't want either of them. I would pass. But I'm just trying to think out loud of some more options that might come available once the draft plays out. And Pickett's a commander, and there's no need for Henneke, really. Yeah, uh, my problem is is how great, or I guess not great, was Henneke this year with a really good backfield with two guys, McKissick and uh, whoever the other running back is, I'm just blanking on his name, and a really great stud wide receiver with Terry McLaurin. I just don't know. You bring him here, yeah, you have Najee Harris, but how much is he going to be able to do with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth? To me, I don't. I think it's it's a lateral move to get Heineke when you have Mason Rudolph. It's not giving you any more than you already have. Well, a lot of these free agent names that we're about to go down. And Daniel Jones, I think, is a downgrade for Mason. Uh, we're about to read through our probably lateral moves as well to Mason Rudolph, but... I'll start with the uh, biggest money getters on this list and work my way down. You're saying these are free agents now? These are free agents for 2022, and the biggest money is how much they got in their 2021 salary. And it starts with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was paid $10 million by the Washington football team, now the Commanders, to play last year. Didn't play a single snap for them as he got hurt in the offseason, but he still collected that $10 million payday. I guarantee you that. Him and Andy Dalton were the top money getters uh, that are in the free agency market right now from last year. They both made about $10 million. I certainly would not take either of them for even remotely close to that kind of a price. Nope. But if you wanted Fitzpatrick to come in on a flyer for $2 million, if you wanted Dalton to come in for a million and a half, I could have them be a veteran behind these two. Sure, not the starter. No. Because <laughs> I'm cool with, I'm cool with you know, if Mason goes down and you don't want to roll out with Haskins immediately – then you can go to one of them. But if you decide to start Andy Dolan or Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's going to be the 2021 offense 2.0. It, I mean, it's going to be a 35-year-old-plus guy out there, unable to be mobile in the pocket, 
unable to create separation, unable to extend plays. And that was your biggest frustration with Ben. In 2021. Yeah, those two would be guys that I would like to bring in on the cheap to just be a veteran presence. Sure. No, yeah. nothing. And more I would than much that. rather if you had to I, if you had to pick between um, between just one of those guys. Fitzpatrick. I'm going with Fitzpatrick all day. Yeah. But will they take that much of a pay cut? There might be a just team, to be a backup. There might be a team out there that throws five million, six million at Dalton's face, and that's still way too much for me as far as any of these free agent quarterbacks are concerned. You mentioned the mobility. Fitzpatrick and Dalton certainly don't have it anymore, but $6 million in 2021 Cam Newton and $5.5 million in 2021 Tyrod Taylor do have mobility. Just a lot of injury problems with those two a quarterbacks, lot of and Cam Newton just might be at the end of his road. It I think Cam Newton is. He had one good win, and that was his first start for the Panthers when he came back and a surprise win against the Cardinals. Maybe not a surprise because yeah, we saw we the Cardinals. Uh, how they unraveled. Maybe not the greatest win, but still good for him to get that first win and his first start with his second round with that team. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm scared to have Cam Newton on my team. I mean, watching him play for the Patriots in 2020, it showed me no signs of confidence in him. Tyra Taylor's interesting. He would get hurt. I just know He would get hurt get because hurt. that's what he does. But when he's healthy, he's always... Pretty good. One of the better average quarterbacks yeah. in the league. That might be a bit of an oxymoron, but he's on the upper half of the middle of the pack, that's for sure. And someone that I think keeps getting jobs despite his injury problems because teams look at that and say, you can yeah, string I'd together say, some wins. I'd say Tyrod's a top 16, maybe 16. When he's healthy. When he's healthy. He's just never, ever healthy. No. And five point five. And when million. he is healthy, he's getting his lungs punctured by a drunk <laughs> doctor. Five point five million dollars is probably just a little too much for him if he does repeat what he made in twenty twenty one in twenty twenty two. Five point five million for Jameis Winston. Now that's an interesting one. This is the one that seems to be the hot commodity for some guys here, specifically at ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. I would say five point five million if he repeats what he made last year is too much. I would say that he might be due for an even more increase in pay mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that ACL injury. That might be your ace in the hole to get him on another cheap deal here. However, that ACL injury, you don't know how much that's going to linger yeah, it's a, into it's a, the next year. It's a double-sided sword, right. there, a double-edged sword. It, you could get him for the cheap, but it may be an appropriate cost because he may be not the same Jameis Winston. Now, he is still relatively young. He's still... Less than 10 years into his NFL career, right side of 30, still has an arm. That wasn't affected by his his leg injury. It's just, again, you don't really know which James— Are you going to get 30 touchdowns, Jameis Winston, or are you going to get 30 touchdowns with 30 interceptions, Jameis Winston? That's always the Especially roulette. on a receiving core that tends to Drops drop the ball— the ball. That's the roulette spin you always have yeah. when it comes with. Mr. I think James of all these Winston. names so far, the most intriguing has been Jameis. The mo- the one with the most upside is Jameis. Winston. Is Jameis Winston, and I think he will be the one with the most upside of all these names that you hear. Uh, the next two, Jacoby Brissett made five million dollars last year. He would be a good backup, but it's just not. He's not a see. Starter I, th- I think that's a lateral move for Dwayne Haskins. Why bring in? Why pay Brissett when you already have a guy like Haskins on your team? Teddy Bridgewater, four point four million Same thing. starter in Denver last year, kind of farted their way to what, six wins. Seven I think wins. I think Haskins has a better arm. 
but it's been Teddy who's gotten the starting experience. Teddy kind of reminds me of a Jameis, though, and what you said with him, where it's like he's not, or not Jameis, the Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod where Taylor, you said, yeah. you know, it's not that he's bad. Like every time he plays, he's pretty mediocre to above average. I would say I would put I would put Teddy if I'm putting Tyrod at 16, I maybe put Teddy at like 19. See, out of all these names on this, oh, let's see, because there's one more coming up that I like, but Teddy's top three as far as guys with upside. Jameis is. Probably one, the first one. And so that means this other guy that we have yet to mention is two. Who made $2.5 million last year being the backup to Josh Allen. Interesting. So $2.5 million, he's going to get a have to. I have to think back, like, who did he have in Chicago when he was there? Really, anyone? Allen Robinson was pretty good. Right, but he couldn't even get him the ball that much. I mean, Allen Robinson probably had his best year with, with Trubisky. With Trubisky. $2.5 million is scary cheap. He took right. a crazy pay cut to just go to Buffalo. I think I think Trubisky is a slight upgrade to Mason. But I feel like you're going to pay more than $2.5 mil. Because his agent's going to be like, look, we know, Steel, you have no leverage, Steelers. He, he's, That's the problem, he's I think, with all the these guys. on your team, so that, pay him $10 million a year. Almost all of these guys, maybe other than, maybe other than uh, the veterans, uh, Dalton and Fitzpatrick, are most likely going to compete for the starting job, if let alone get the starting Absolutely. job. Absolutely, uh, likely Mar- to get it. Marcus Mariota, three point five million last year for Vegas. Would you be okay with if not if not the one Raiders quarterback go with the other? Well, he has a lot of mobility. In fact, that's really the only thing the Raiders used him for this year was a couple packages to get him in there to the run the ball. The last two years, yeah. I, there's got to be upside there, right? Sure. Former first round pick. He won the Heisman. Like he's got a ton of talent and he's still super young. He did semi well in, in, in Tennessee in the early stage of his career. Remember, Tannehill was brought into Tennessee to just push Mariota, and it was an accident that he ended up taking the job from him. Right. So Mariota, I think if you give him another shot with a really good system around him, I think that there's some upside there. I would target Mariota probably fourth. It would be So James you're, you're first, saying right. Then it would probably Trubisky be Trubisky second. Then it would probably be Teddy third. Teddy third. Although I'd probably put Mariota over a, Teddy. I would, I, what about Tyrod Taylor? Too hurt. Too injured. Yeah, you think time. so? Yeah. Well, then I could say the same thing about Teddy. Right. So I'd probably put you Mariota, put Mariota over third. Teddy, although Mariota gets hurt too. So it's really just a two-man race between Jameis and Mitch. I think that's, and beautifully how we'll wrap this up, I think that's, if you're going to go the free agency route, Steelers, Jameis and Trubisky are the two names that you should be considering. Other than that, I think it's just either a lateral move, like you said, or or just a waste of time veteran guy that's just going to kind of help be a stabilizing force and show them how to watch film. So if you're going to make the move, Pittsburgh, it's Winston, it's Trubisky, or just get a veteran to kind of fill out the room and ride out Rudolph and Haskins. That's the plan. Sure. We just nailed it. We but if it's a veteran, it's Fitzpatrick and not Dalton. <laughs> what about Flacco? Is Flacco a free agent? Uh, you know what? He is on this list. I didn't say 3.5 mil is what he made last year. I wouldn't year. mind. I wouldn't hate bringing Flacco in. Could probably get him for cheaper than that, too. Because it's even another year removed from being a starter. Hey, Joe, 1.5 million to come and back up Rudolph? Yeah. Yeah, I'll make one point five million. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's gonna be weird seeing him in a Steeler uniform, but you know, given Better the than Andy Dalton, given the uniform, age, I take him over Fitzpatrick because he's a little younger than yeah. Fitzpatrick, but he's got all the the smarts, even more so. He was a he Super won Bowl a Super MVP. Bowl. He 
even though it should have been Jacoby Jones who won that Super Bowl. MVP. Get out of here, really? Oh, For one kickoff return? Oh, buddy, he had a touchdown, too. Remember, he fell down, got up, juke that mm. guy out, ran into the end. I do zone. remember that. Yeah. I do remember Disrespecting that. Disrespecting Jacoby Jones's game. Yeah, you know why? Because you know who horribly underthrew him on that pass? Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco. Where he had to stop and set up a tent, camp out for two hours, then wait for <laughs> the ball to land into his hand before he, he made the play. I'd be happy if, out of veterans. Fitzpatrick, Flacco number one. No, nah, Fitzpatrick. Oh wow, one. you would put Fitzpatrick. Flacco two. Why? Why? He's just. I, is it weird to say I think he was better quarterback in the NFL than Flacco was? Completely. But I do. Okay. Uh, Flacco wasn't that great. Neither, Flacco neither was. was Flacco was the starter for his first ten years. But should he have been for the last five of them? Yeah, who else on that team could have started ahead of him? No, that's true. I mean, there's no one better than him on the team, but he wasn't a starting quarterback in the NFL for those. They were making the playoffs. Defense was and running the sure. Yeah, that's that's true. But well, Ray Rice, Ray Rice was off the team for a little bit. I would take him in the black and gold as a backup in 2022. If he's cheaper than Fitzpatrick, I would rather spend less on Flacco than more on Fitzpatrick. Well, there won't be any shortage of quarterback talk as far as this offseason is concerned. We've got a long way to go. Combine is just around the corner. Draft, free agency, trade. You'll get all your quarterback talk from all different angles regarding the Steelers, and we won't be shy about it here on the Steelers Standard either. But that's going to do it for this episode of The Standard. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman. Always appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.